0: You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. You're about to listen to a conversation between myself and the frontman and, I believe, bass player from a band from Norway. Their name is Enslaved. The fellow's name, Grutel Kelsen. Now, Grutal, if you're listening, I sincerely apologise if I've mispronounced your first name and surname there. The reason for the conversation is to promote Enslaved's August tour of Australia. That is August 2018. I'll read out some dates. They're playing the 29th in Perth. The thirtieth in Sydney, the thirty-first in August, and there is one day in date in September, that is in Melbourne. So let's have a listen to what Grudel has to say. Here we go. Hey
1: mate, how's things? I'm good, good, good.
0: Bit of a busy day, okay. talk. Busy day yeah, talking to the sure. Australian media types. I bet.
1: It is. It is. It is. <laughs>
0: no worries. All good, mate. I'll kick things off because I know you're in the middle of them at the moment. So. Um, you're coming down to Australia. I think this is—you've uh, been down here a few times now, so you must be excited about that because I know there's plenty of fans down here that are looking forward to you performing. And you're coming down here next month or this month. It's in August. I shouldn't say next month. Yeah, it all. is actually <laughs> right. in the end you know, of this month.
1: Uh, yeah, super excited. Uh, the last time we were there in 2016, it was pretty amazing, and uh, so was uh, 2013. Uh, so yeah, excellent fans and. Always great, always a great pleasure to come uh, to come to come down under and uh, play some heavy metal, of course.
0: Yeah, cool. And do, do you uh, feel obliged to bring a special show down for us, or are you, is what you do for the Australian audience? Is it fairly typical of what you do for when you're going on tour for the other countries?
1: Well, well not really, because uh, well, well, um, not very typical. Because this time, uh, um, right before we go down there, uh, we will perform uh, the Frost album in, in its entirety, so I think uh, there's gonna be um, more old songs than usual uh, for the Australian audience this time. So since we since the, the, the material uh, is pretty fresh, we will perform uh, that, that whole album in, in on the 25th in, in Bergen. So. Mm. There's going to be at least two or three songs from from the Frost album, and we—I don't think we have played that many songs from that album in Australia before. So I hope that's uh, exciting, and I really hope that uh, that uh, the new material from our latest album is equally exciting. So uh, it's definitely going to be special.
0: Yeah, I, I do like your new album, I must say. I'm one of those guys because I'm 40. I got into you guys back in the day. I remember remember the uh, Metal Maniacs publication that was released in the States, and you could buy it just about everywhere that good metal publications were sold. Um, I remember reading about you back then, so I remember taking a chance and buying a CD and really enjoying it. And it was only recently that I got back into you, to be honest with you, because I actually left listening to heavy metal for rather a long time, about 10 to 15 years or so. Just got stuck Because I'm a musician, I'm a bass guitarist, and I was playing a lot of funk and disco music, so I started listening to a lot of that stuff. But you never go too far from the music that's in your heart, and heavy metal it is for me. So when oh, e, when E was released, I had a really good chat to Ivar Bjornsson about it. So now that you've had a chance to tour behind it and you've lived with it for a while... Is it an album that you enjoy playing live, and how does the audience respond to it compared to, say, you've mentioned some of the older material? So, how does it, how does it compare to, say, one of the earlier albums if you're performing a lot of material from that?
1: Um, it, it it really depends on the on the, the uh, individual uh, individual songs. The, uh, some of the old songs really, for some weird reason, blend really well into. Uh, predominantly new new song setlists. Um, it's hard to explain why, but I mean, I, I guess it, it's the it's the amount of energy in, in, in the song, uh, the dynamic in the song. So, uh, for some weird reason, uh, really, really old material with Slave like uh, songs from Viking Ligervelli and, 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 and Frost, really blends better with the uh, more recent material than, than, than say, uh, some mid-career stuff. So, uh, I really don't know why, but, but, but uh, it, it, Frost songs uh, f- fits better with E songs than E songs and songs <laughs> from, let's say, Money Mansion or Be of Lights. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> I guess it's got something to do with the energy level, somehow. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah you're probably right it
1: it, it is it is a bit strange but uh, yeah that's just the way it is
0: do you find i was talking to god you talk about the album frost of course that you guys released in 94 i was talking to frost from satiricon who was we're talking about their most recent album deep call of the pun deep and how well that gets uh, a reception from people in the audience and there are people in the audience that aren't even familiar with he was saying with some of the earlier material, and I assume that he's talking about some deep cuts off, say, Nemesis Divina, which I find absurd because it's a, it's a great album, and I think if you're into black metal, you get into albums like uh, Eld, your release in 1997. That was the one that I had, and uh, Nemesis Divina. But do you find you get some of those blank looks when you're pulling out some of those deep cuts from Eld or Frost from some of the younger members of the audience?
1: Yeah, yeah, of, of course. Uh, uh, might be... Uh, <laughs> weird for them at first sight like hearing songs from, from Frost, Viking of LA or Eld, uh, if you got into the band around the times so, of, uh, let's say, Ruin or um uh, mm. uh, But I mean, I, I think there's still, uh, there's always been uh, some sort of a red line through all the enslaved albums. So, uh, mm. Um, I guess if you give it a little time, we can easily uh, recognize uh, "Enslaved" in all the albums, uh, or playing style, and, and, and uh, it's you know it's it, it's same but different, you know the good old same but different.
0: <laughs> that's uh, I, yeah, that's <laughs> a good explanation for it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting yeah. to see your evolution over the years, actually, because I certainly wouldn't have picked that. I like what you're doing with these, as I've explained. So. I certainly wouldn't have picked that you guys ended up where you are on E based on the music that was produced on Eld. So has it been a conscious evolution or has it been more organic?
1: It's been very much uh, organic. It's like uh, we always, uh, I mean, our approach to music has always been, been, you know, try to make uh, our own, uh, some sort of our own favorite music and, 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 and uh, try to not repeat ourselves, not, not making the same album all, all over again. I mean there are enough bands that do, does that, so we don't have to. Um, and and uh, I think if, if you have a certain goal uh, to, to, uh, to have an album sound like this or that, or uh, if you have like a, uh, a, a direction on it, uh, it kind of gets a lot more constructed. Rather than than uh, natural and and, uh, and organic. I mean, if you try to to suit, uh, make make the album suit to a certain audience or, or uh, uh, <laughs> even you know hmm. in critics, uh, oh, it, yeah. it becomes very sterile. So I mean, just the, I think the main idea is that don't listen to anyone, don't give a fuck to do, do this for for hmm. yourself, and you end up making a much more more interesting music.
0: So you guys broke – we'll talk about the early days again. You guys broke at a time when Corpse Paint was effectively the norm. Any band from Scandinavia worth their salt, as far as the media was concerned – I'm not talking about fans and musicians, but as far as the media was concerned – I know as a young lad growing up here in Australia, uh, one of the first albums that I bought was um, the Immortal album, Pure Holocaust. And I was it was just – I was both terrified and enthralled by the cover of those guys on the front of that because I'd never quite seen anything like it. You knew it wasn't like Kiss. You knew it was something else. But did you ever feel careful with my words here? Pressure on you. Don't strike me as the sort of bloke that's going to be pushed around easily. But did you ever feel pressure from the scene to say don the corpse paint and say keep it on when it clearly was never part of your the way you were going with the music?
1: Ah, uh, fuck no. I mean, we're ugly enough uh, without it. <laughs> <laughs> or pre, or pre, pretty enough Pretty enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean it, it, it was never our, our thing So I mean why would we I mean the only pressure we ever, ever felt Was the, the pressure we lay upon ourselves to make
0: Yeah fair enough
1: yeah. And,
0: yeah. So. yeah You've actually got the cover of one of my favourite albums Ever Tattooed on your arm So how important is Bathory to you?
1: Very important one right? because that was uh, that was like kind of a, the, the standard of, of uh, extreme music uh, from the day I got into it back in oh, how was it when was it maybe it was eighty six or eighty seven hmm. it was eighty seven because uh, when when uh, under the sign of the black mark was released the summer of eighty seven was the first time I got into in, in, into Battery and it was like that was. Probably uh, when it comes to inspiration, that was one, uh, one of the biggest milestones uh, for me. I never, ever experienced such extreme energy before, and it, it was so unique. I mean, we were familiar with bands like, you know, Venom, and Slayer, and of course the trash metal bands, but they were not even close to the, you know, the Occult energy that mm. uh, that uh, yeah. really that spawn out of, of, of uh, Quorthon said so that was just just totally totally amazing and I really, really enjoyed the albums that that came off afterwards as well when he was like in experimenting in experimenting more with with uh, uh, his adaptation of uh, Viking music like on Hammerheart and Twilight of yeah. so it was a r- really. Um, Mostly all of the uh, Bathory albums uh, up until, well, including Blood on Ice, were, were really, really important sources of inspiration for, for Enslaved. So, um,
0: hmm.
1: of course, I needed a, a gold tattoo on the arm. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right about, I've interviewed the guys in Venom Inc. these days, you know, the version of Venom that's front, fronted by Tony Dolan, awesome guys. Um, but you always knew that they were working-class lads from north, from the north of England, whereas with Cawthorne, you thought he was some sprite sent from Valhalla that went back to his cave when he wasn't making records. That was certainly the perception that I had as a young fella growing up, so you, you hit the nail on the head there. But let me let me ask you a question. I mentioned earlier that I read Metal Maniacs, the print copy, and I remember reading a story. Now, feel free to debunk this because it might be completely wrong, but I think one of the first tours he did of the States... Might have been a success, but you were playing in some very unusual locations, and one of those locations apparently was a laundromat. Is that true?
1: Uh, partly because uh, it it wasn't on the first tour. That was actually the the, the laundromat uh, was 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 uh, on a tour that took place in 2001. We were touring with a, with mm. Macab from Chicago and. Uh, was it Diabolic from Florida? Yeah, that'd be right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and Electric Wizard from England, and uh, and uh, a band called Scar Culture from somewhere in the states. I can't remember. And it, it was weird. It was it was in uh, Cincinnati. It was called Sudsy Malone, Sudsy Malone's Laundry and and Bar. All right. Bar. Emphasize on and Bar. You know. Okay. So uh, let's say it. 30% of the room were like uh, a small venue, uh, kind of kind of like a punk rock venue. Uh, and the rest were, <laughs> you know, dryers and washing machines. Some people were like doing the laundry, you know, like old people and shit. They're like watching what the fuck is going on <laughs> on the other end of the room. <laughs> That was that was that was pretty amazing. That was uh, it was absolutely weird. I mean, you can actually look look that up on on, on, on online. Sudsy Malone's Laundry and Bar, and uh, you can okay. find some, loads of bands have been playing there. Actually, uh, they went out of business a couple of years after we played there. But uh, loads of bands have actually played there.
0: It's a they're very two very diverse target markets, aren't they? Alternative music yeah. fans and heavy metal music fans alongside of people who don't have washing machines at home that need washing yeah. done in the laundromat.
1: <laughs> it was pretty amazing. I mean, I couldn't concentrate on the audience. I was just watching the guys do laundry. <laughs> so I was watching Underwear, you know, during the whole Saturday
0: <laughs> The old fellas with their tidy whiteys getting them out and putting them in bleach and all the rest of it. <laughs> They're
1: doing your thing. It was pretty retarded, you know. It was... <laughs> All right, mate. No, fun experience. Yeah. That's
0: classic. Oh, thanks for confirming that, by the way. I was, I, it was one of those questions that had been burning its mark into my mind for years, and I thought, if ever I get an opportunity to chat to you, I'm going to ask you that I, question. I, I, so thank I, you I for totally understand that. Of
1: course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to. This is going Unfortunately, I'm going to end with a serious question. Okay, it's not a controversial question or anything like that. But you, uh, I understand the role of religion causes us all. Well any thinking person, to be honest with you, to shake their head a little bit. But what's your view on the role of religion in society today? Has it changed from all those years ago when you were doing interviews, or is it virtually the same?
1: It, it, it's basically basically the same. And, uh, I mean, religion, or let, let's say monotheistic religions, has always been more about politics than actual religion. Hmm. So uh, uh, I... <laughs> You can you can put it this way. I, I hate both equally. I hate b- both politics and, <laughs> and, and 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 monotheistic religions because they're all based upon lies.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, they're all lying fucking bastards. So uh, in the end, that really wears me out. Of course, but
0: uh, what do you do?
1: What am I to do about it? Yeah, exactly. Write some truth. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try my best to write rather to write shit about it in my in my, in my lyrics. You know, that's yeah. all, all I can do, I guess. Well, uh, you're yeah. doing a pretty I, good I, job I, at that. Obviously, things are things are changing and things are getting getting more and more extreme. And but I mean th- that's been the case uh, throughout history, anyway. I mean, this is a, this is not so much different than the you know the Inquisition. Mm. Or anything like that, the, the, the witch burnings and and, and 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 stuff like that. You know, it's the same thing that happens all over again, and it's it was politics back then, and it's politics right now.
0: You're not wrong. It's very well stated. I better leave it there, mate. Believe me, I could talk to you for another bloody hour, but such as the nature of these uh these phone calls and these interview opportunities, you've only got the 20 minutes. But look, congratulations on an outstanding career, and for doing it for so long too. I know you've had to be very resilient through it. And the quality of your catalogue is outstanding. You know, you've got 15 albums or whatever, probably more releases, but, you know, 15 albums or thereabouts. Um, I don't know how you've done it, but congratulations for doing it. And um, I'll try and be in the audience when you come and play Brisbane.
1: Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much. That's, uh, yeah, really nice of you. And see you in Brisbane. For sure. All right. Mate. No worries. <laughs> you got to move on, mate. Okay. Yeah. Take care. Bye-bye. Catch you. Bye. You
0: have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. That was a conversation between myself and Grutel Kielsen from the Norwegian band Enslaved. Thank you so much for listening.